No mucho importante. No mucho importante. Is that how you say it? I don't, I don't speak Spanish. I don't speak the language of the colonizers. Imagine this, ladies and gentlemen. A guy like myself, the quandary that I'm in, the paradoxical nature of the culture that I was raised in, that is very anti-gentrifier, anti-systemic racist, anti-colonization, and I'm a Puerto Rican, which is a marginalized group, allegedly marginalized in America, and growing up in New York City, pervasive culture of that's not good. You don't idolize colonization. You look down upon it. And then I take my motherfucking ancestry. I got a lot of motherfucking Spaniard blood, bro. This shit is... What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I think it's it's also funny. Like we thinking, We're thinking from a reference point of a period of time that was so fucking long ago. I am completely in understanding of people who um, feel the need to hold tight to their history, understand where they came from. It is very rich. I'm into that shit as well. I just don't identify too much of my ancestry with who I am. I have a very extremely radical, different experience than any of my ancestors. I've never been to Puerto Rico. I don't speak the language a lot of them spoke. Whether that be, you know, African language or the Taino language or Spaniard, Spanish. I don't know why I call it Spaniard. Um, I feel like me, baby. All that being said, that's just like an interesting thing. It's like you, you grow up and you're like, this is evil. And I look at my ancestry. I'm like, oh, shit, I might be evil, but I'm not evil. It's, you know. In that time of Spanish Inquisition, we are educated uh, very thoroughly on the main characters of the game of rape and pillage that was going on for a very long fucking time. You get the Juan Ponce de Leones. You know about Italian Christopher Columbus being commissioned by the Spaniards to make the biggest, most profitable mistake in the history of mankind. Trying to go to India, making a left turn. Maybe he was drinking. And landing up in the Caribbean and saying, mm, these bitches is all right. You know what I'm saying? I might stick down here. You know, America. You hear about these guys, but you can't imagine that all Spaniards were evil. There was a lot of Spaniards. There was a lot of Spanish people. There was a lot of Portuguese people. There was a lot of people in that area. And their government, the leadership, the power of those nations carried out atrocities. But there was probably a lot of people in Spain that were just like fucking kicking rocks, whistling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Doing whatever fucking Spanish people do. Spaniard people do. You got to make the distinction because what the fuck is a Spanish person? A Spaniard. Doing whatever Spaniards do at that time of Spanish Inquisition. There was probably people in villages just trying to have a good time, drink good wine, eat Delicious food on oddly small plates. I don't know why they do that, but it's fun. That's fun. I like to think that, the, you know, I, I don't want to misrepresent or color Spaniard people in a very evil light, even though 
the people who were in power in Spain were particularly motherfucking rapey. They were particularly rapey. If you think about the history of transatlantic slave trade or the colonization of planet Earth, all the nations that partook in taking over lands and, you know, what that turns into, the metamorphosis, what we recognize as the modern planet now, all these invisible lines, that was wars that were fought. That was battles that were fought thousands of years ago, right? Hundreds of years ago that make these distinctions on a map. But the Spaniards in particular, they were different than other Europeans because I feel like other Europeans, they would take over a place and maybe ship slaves to that place and make those slaves speak the language and commit a genocide on the natives. But the Spaniards did all of those evil white people things, but they was also fucking, you know what I mean? (laughs) Because there's a me. There had to be some fucking going on. I look on my ancestry, there's a lot of Spaniard, there's a lot of Portuguese, there's some other European shit that, you know, very minuscule, I got like 5% British, 4% Scottish, not a big motherfucking deal, the majority of what I am though is European by way of Spain and Portugal, so there was a lot of fucking, there was a lot of putting the dick in the natives or the African, you understand what I'm saying? Otherwise there would be no me. That is kind of um, catch-22-ish, right? To be in uproar and in, uh, uh, you know, to look only in negative connotations toward the Spanish Inquisition. But there was literally never a way for a guy even similar to my genetic makeup to be produced on planet Earth if that didn't happen. It's just like this paradoxical, you know, Hopefully I can be a really good man in my life and do good things. So all of that raping was for something, you know, (laughs) I can be the reconciliation of the Spanish Inquisition. Does anybody understand how far my ego goes? There are no limits. There are no limits. Um, I'm like that person when somebody tries to just be completely positive you know, you, you, you try to be completely positive and uplifting to a crazy person and a crazy person just interprets it as more angles to be crazy. You know, <laughs> somebody tells me, like, don't be limited, be limitless, see all possibilities in your life. And then you say that to the wrong person and that person will take that and they'll take the advice. Doesn't mean they're going to do something good with it. <laughs> doesn't mean they're going to do something great with it. I like to think I'm a good person, ladies and gentlemen, but doesn't everybody. I wonder about people, and it's not like a critique. Once again, I'm really, today in particular, and going forward, I want to be more in the framework of an observer rather than a judge, rather than taking a side, rather than condemning or inflating any act of a human being. I want to just look and observe and try to be as honest of my observation while I'm expressing through this podcast, because this is so goddamn important. I'm so important. No. Um, but I get curious about that personality trait of, I think it is very common for people to see themselves in a favorable light, maybe even 
on a deeper level, it is like a defense mechanism. Even if a person and their external circumstances are horrible and they're depressed and they're um, neurotic and negative and they have a low ceiling psychologically themselves, people still have a kick in defense mechanism of some type of self-worth, right? Most people have that. And we call that like delusion. It's why you see people on TikTok who are poor and they don't look great. I'm not judging people who are poor and that don't look great. I'm just observing here. And they get on the social media app and there's like this trend where they're like, show me a celebrity that looks like you. Whether anybody uh, believes it or not, three, two, one. And there's like in the back, there's a green screen with a celebrity that they think looks like them. And while that voiceover is talking, they're holding their face very shyly. They're holding their face. And then the big reveal happens and they never look like that celebrity. (laughs) They actually look way off. They look way different in very non-favorable ways, you know? It's always horrifically cringy and embarrassing, but that's like a defense mechanism of human beings to think that they are more than that they actually are. And I think everybody to a certain extent has that. There's probably a range where that is a healthy quantity of that. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it may cause mental illness. Um, I look at narcissism the same way. Everybody to a certain extent is narcissistic. It can be a healthy level of it. It could be to the extreme where you think the tree is looking at you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Why is that tree staring at me? That person needs help. Versus just, you know, the the general sense of self-awareness that we all kind of walk around with on a day-to-day basis. What I'm trying to illuminate here is not that defense mechanism, is not that thing that's kind of baked in everybody's brain where they walk around and kind of generally look at themselves without a deep analyzation of their actual actions or the characteristics that they, they uh, you know, they act out or the way that they treat people. And f- for survival, for psychological survival, to stay healthy mentally, they create an idea of themselves that is favorable in the world. Everybody has that. I'm more interested in the personality types of the people who accept that they're evil. Like people who get off knowing that they're evil. I'm an evil son of a bitch. Like that's weird. (laughs) That's weird. I guess it's actually, it's funny, right? I think a person who walks around intending to be a piece of shit or to be a bad person or to do things that they know cause harm on others or themselves and they understand this and they're aware of this, that person might be safer than a person who thinks that they're good, but they're really a piece of shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) I take awareness over anything, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not here to judge people's actions. I'm not Mr. Fucking uh, Morality. I'm not here to condemn or to act like I am the bridge between whoever the fuck is listening to the Nothing Important Podcast and Jehovah, the highest of the high, the Omega, the Almighty. I'm not going to put on a suit and tie and go on a stage and tell you how you can connect to Jesus by my holy water. 1-800-NIGGA-I-GOT-YOU. I'm not going to be that guy. But as an observer, I, I, I witness it. I'm like, it's interesting, man. It might be safer 
for somebody to be self-aware that they are evil rather than somebody who's doing harmful shit to people around them and causing problems and completely unaware. That person is dangerous, you know? Awareness, it's just powerful. It is just power. It's powerful. I'm drinking coffee, of course. Delicious coffee. I, I buy the um, Cafe Bustello. That is the ashes of Christ. That's what. That <laughs> and I mix that with the Starbucks creamer, white chocolate mocha. And I have this little machine that I bought on Amazon. And you pour the hot coffee in it. And you pour the creamer. And it, it makes it to a, like, as close to a motherfucking cappuccino as you will get, ladies and motherfuckers. It's incredible. And I drink it out of this beautiful mug. New Orleans Cafe Dumont. Everybody knows Cafe Dumont. I grew up in a city that is known for tourism. In the past, now it's known for, like, Mortal Kombat in the subway station. But when I was growing up, and for the majority of the history of New York... Past, like, you know, when people were fucking on horse and buggies and shit. When it, the modern New York was very well known as a tourist attraction to the planet. And so I experienced this firsthand. I've also traveled around the nation. And I've been to a lot of places that have tourist attractions. Typically, when you go to a place that is hyped up, that you just got to get on the motherfucking Instagram, that there's these huge crowds of fat people from all over the globe. <laughs> Fat people from Europe, fat people from Africa, fat people from other parts of America. Those areas and the factors I just explained kind of indicate that those areas typically are going to let you down. That tourist attraction is a trap. It's not going to be good. It's going to be overpriced. It is going to be hype. There's going to be a lot of lights, not a lot of quality, not a lot of quality. New Orleans, Cafe Dumont. Tourist attraction, nationally, probably globally famous for their beignets. It actually checks out, ladies and gentlemen. Go to New Orleans, go to Cafe Dumont. That shit is delicious. You're going to have to wait two hours for some little fucking donuts, but it's pretty good. The coffee is very good as well. The coffee is very good. Back to the description of this mug that I have Cafe Dumont mug from New Orleans. It's a beautiful photo um, of a whole bunch of people. It's literally what I just described. It's a whole bunch of people. I'm imagining that this painting was rendered somewhere in the turn of the last century because people were thin. You know, this this is not modern America. These are thin people and they're going to get the donuts. And it's a beautiful scene. There's people playing jazz outside. You see the French market. You see the, the building, beautiful buildings, New Orleans style, balconies. There's nobody throwing beads. There's no titties. It is a family environment. It's beautiful. I like it because it brings me back to a place that is magical to me, ladies and gentlemen. We just talked. We just talked about something that kind of parallels to what I want to talk about. We talked about, you know, sometimes it's better to be aware that you're evil versus being unaware that you're evil and thinking you're good. And uh, that paradoxical nature kind of relates to one of the greatest moments of my life that was unknowingly a great moment. So this is actually going to be an argument against that. Maybe it's better to be unaware that 
something, or, or, or I, don't, I don't even know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is this is going to be reversed. That's what I was trying to say. The reverse of it would be sometimes something you think is evil, but it's actually good. So it would be a good thing if something is evil, apparently evil, and unknowingly good. But it's also a bad thing if something is... What the fuck am I doing? You get, you get the point of what I'm trying to say. I, I just wanted to talk about a story on the mug, and I try to get way too fucking deep into it. And I should just tell you the story. The story is I was in New Orleans going on three years ago during the beginning of the pandemic... Because I wasn't scared, ladies and gentlemen. I did not buy one of those fancy masks. I was not even wearing the cheap mask that was supposed to protect us from a global virus that was going to wipe out everybody's grandma. I didn't give a fuck. I was traveling around to all the areas you think that you would die normally if there wasn't a global pandemic. I was going to New Orleans. I was going to Florida. These are all areas that you could just die just being there. Because <laughs> it's, you know, if you know, you know. And I was in New Orleans, I was with my girl, I was with my boy and his girl, and we was young, and we was dumb, and we was drinking fish bowls, alcohol, fish bowls, and getting drunk in New Orleans. And me and my girlfriend, after drinking a lot of nefarious <laughs> spirits, nobody knew what the fuck they were exactly, just big fish bowls full of red liquid, and we was just drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. You know, we had a horrible argument in public. We had a horrible argument in public when my girl showed her ass, not literally, might as well have, just embarrassed the fuck out of me. She was drunk. She was belligerent. She didn't know what she was mad about. She had no idea what she was angry about. It was the alcohol. It was the demons. They call them spirits for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. If you go to Haiti and you watch them do that hoodoo, that hoodoo, they drink a little bit of alcohol and... <laughs> smoke some tobacco, and then the ghosts come in the room, and the demons possess them, and they do the dance, and they sweating. I think that's what was going on. Something. <laughs> she wasn't acting like the person I knew. She was very inebriated, and she started wilding out. She actually caught the spirit of an old Puerto Rican man. My girl's from Trinidad. She was acting like an old Puerto Rican man. It was a move that I haven't seen in years. She was in the street screaming belligerently at me, and with her... She got into a squat position. She took her right hand and was slapping it on the ground. Like she was hitting a, a, a conga. I don't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> I don't know what was going on, ladies and gentlemen. I was just trying to get it back to the hotel because she was wilding. Like I said previously, this all appears to be very evil shit. It's not good. Not a good situation. There was good hidden under that cloak of evil because we went back to the hotel. And right after her rage... She wanted to have sex. And um, I'm a man, ladies and gentlemen. If you act like that with a woman, that is, that, that's grounds for a woman to break up with you. That is grounds for a woman to call the cops. That is grounds for you guys to have to go to you know, couples therapy. For a guy, we are so desperately in need of vagina or pee-pee sucked that it doesn't really matter how much abuse we take. If it's on the table, we're going to work out the emotional issues after. I got to spray my load first to clear my motherfucking... My big head and my little head. You understand what I'm saying? So we got it on. And that was actually the night that my daughter, my beautiful sunshine, the, the sunshine of my life, my heart manifested into the form of a little girl. 
that's the night she was conceived. And so I, I look at this New Orleans and I try to negate all the negative of it, but that's really how it happened. And my daughter's a motherfucking survivor, ladies and gentlemen. She was meant to be here. Sometimes meant to be, that gets thrown around. It gets thrown around. I think I've talked about this previously where, you know, man has this habit of assigning superlatives on people or actions or um, accomplishments that they're kind of implying or assuming that God is pleased by. Like we'll see somebody dunk a basketball and be like, God-given talent. And then I, I question it. Like, what if God hates basketball? Like, you know, you know what I mean? What if? And that makes me think, like, maybe we use that concept of, like, meant to be or uh, God did this. We use that so loosely but sometimes it's really undeniable. And I know with my daughter, it was really an undeniable thing. There was too many things that happened that were standing in the way of her being here today, annoying the fuck out of me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Step one, I noticed as me and the drunken woman who was abusing me in public were getting it on in the hotel room that um, I shot my, my, my load inside her. I'm sorry to get a little bit fucking graphic for anybody who's listening to this Nothing Important podcast. Hopefully, you're over the age of 18, and this isn't offending you. Hopefully, you're not listening to this as a family. That would be fucking weird. But I came inside my girl, and I noticed, because I've been fucking for a while. And so the next day, we agreed that she would take a plan B. We agreed that she would take a plan B. Um, she takes the plan B. Apparently, that didn't work. That was the first thing. Uh, the second thing was, I didn't want a fucking baby. <laughs> I did not want a baby, ladies and gentlemen. I am 100% pro-choice. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just not going to lie to you. I do understand her body, her choice. Um, you know, that's where I want to get a little bit deeper in the debate. If it's her body, her choice, it got to be her body, her choice, her custody. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want a baby. And so I was definitely in my girl's ear during the beginning of her pregnancy after the plan B did not stick. Fuck you, plan B. Plan B ain't do shit, but bring me back to plan A. Panic. I was definitely in my girl's ear telling her, we can't do this right now. We can't do this. We're going to have to go to the doctor and the doctor's going to have to make this all all right. I was definitely telling my girl that my girl was not with it. I finally got her very close to being with that possible outcome. And I remember during the pandemic, we were home in Atlanta sitting on the couch. And just like that plan B didn't work, like divine intervention, you know, like meant to be really is meant to be sometimes. We were sitting on the, on the couch and my girl was kind of like coming into understanding that what I was saying logically was very true. We just weren't in a position to bring a life into this world. And so she was leaning more toward my opinion that we should probably do the abortion. And so we're relaxed. We had just literally had a conversation about this. Seems like everything's going smooth. And we decide to watch some television. God damn it. Why did I do that? <laughs> why did I do that? But, you know, going along with this theme of meant to be, I have to understand it doesn't matter from what medium God wanted to express himself into our lives. It was just going to, it was going to happen. 
and we're watching this episode on Law and Order. Law and Order. Doom, doom, boom, 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 boom. Squee doo doo bee doo boo boo. Squee doo doo bee doo boom boom boom. That's, I mean, everybody watches Law and Order. If you don't fucking watch Law and Order, I can't have a conversation with you as an adult. We're watching Law and Order. How could we not? It came on, it stays on. At least five episodes. Literally the most addictive television show of motherfucking all time. And this episode in particular, Divine Intervention, meant to be. It was a couple in the episode arguing. Because <laughs> the woman was angry at her husband. They had been married for a very long time. Because the husband was a career man and she was a career woman. And he had convinced her on multiple occasions to get abortions. And the line that she said in this goddamn show caused my daughter to be fucking alive. She says to the man, I'm not going to listen to your logic again. I'm going to listen to my heart. And ladies and gentlemen, that's like it, it was like straight out of the fucking Truman Show. I couldn't believe it. I thought somebody was attacking me. I was like, what is going on? What the fuck? I just got my girl into a level of emotional stability where she was an understanding that the logical thing to do was for us to not bring a child into this world when we were ill-prepared. And guess what? Law and Order came on and said, no, listen to your heart, bitch. Divine intervention meant to be. Step three, everything that's great works in threes. Meant to be's work in threes. When my girl was eight months pregnant, when she was eight months pregnant, she caught the worst virus known to man since the Spanish influenza, COVID-19, and my daughter survived that as well. That one, I mean, that's not really meant to be. I think it's kind of coming out right now that COVID ain't shit. It was the flu. It was, it was the fluke. You understand what I'm saying? But I like to add that because, you know, it makes the story greater. My daughter is really meant to be because she survived plan B. She survived her daddy <laughs> trying to turn her into scrambled eggs with a hot hanger. Um, and she survived. <laughs> and she survived the COVID, baby. She was in the womb with the COVID, <laughs> coughing in there, baby coughing. And she's here. That's meant to be, man. It's motherfucking meant to be. And that's a beautiful thing. And I'm grateful for it because, at the time, I didn't understand because I was fearful, and because I was projecting negatively, and because. There would be no way for me to understand how much I would love her. There would be no way for me to understand how much she would transform me just merely with her presence. How she would open my heart and teach me how to teach me how to love. You guys understand what I'm talking about, man? I'm being very serious, though. You can't understand or project the benefits of such a blessing before you've experienced it. And so all you are left with, in this case, while I'm watching my girl go through these trimesters of being pregnant and a, and a child grow in her womb, all I, I had at that time was nervous anticipation. And I transformed that into negativity, but it was just an illusion. And the reality was it was the greatest blessing that was about to unfold in my life 
And thank God for that. Meant to be. Happens sometimes. Sometimes meant to be happens. And so let's draw a deeper meaning. I am the 2023 Mr. Rogers. You know what I'm saying? Will you be my neighbor? Very odd question. I didn't know that you invite people to be your neighbor. Maybe in those days you had to because he was a Caucasian. Maybe he was trying to be inclusive to other races. I don't know what the fuck was going on. Very strange question to me. But I'm going to be Mr. Rogers and I'm going to try to draw a deeper meaning from that. I'm going to draw a parallel, draw a metaphor that you can implement into your life. Sometimes there's something that is before you that would cause anticipation. That would cause a gap from where you're standing toward the actualization, the realization or the understanding of what is to unfold. And I think childbirth, gestation, nine months, 10 months in the womb, gestation period, that's one of the greatest examples in life. There's many other ways that this can happen. Ladies and gentlemen, you can know something is coming. You could know change is coming. And in between that time from where you're standing at the very right now to that thing actually unfolding, you have a choice. And I would implore you to learn from me to accept that blessing with positivity. Accept that blessing and walk into that period, that time frame of what is like blindness and lack of understanding, lack of vision, not knowing what's going to happen. Walk into that unknown with grace and appreciate it because it is beautiful. It is beautiful. And you don't know this could be one of the greatest things that happens to you. And is anybody expecting a child that's listening? It's fucking wonderful. It's incredible. Your life is over if that's the case, though. Took a sip of my goddamn coffee, man. I really do think, not to be corny, though, the greatest shift in awareness that occurred with me from having a child outside of it pushes you away from whatever controlling self-narcissism that you exist with naturally we all have it especially when we're young when you're in your 20s and you're in your teens you have to approach the world from a sense of selfishness it's just the way that it is people have different levels of it it can get mentally ill can get dangerous or it could be a healthy level, but it's just a different experience. And when you have children, something happens where you start to really see a broader world around you. And you realize like you are a factor, but you are not all of it. And that was it was an incredible awareness and awakening that I had having my daughter. And it made me start to understand all of these like corny songs Na, 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 the children are the future. Or like you listen to Marvin Gaye. Save the babies. All that shit just started popping up in my brain. I was like, wow, the importance. The importance of having a, you know, in the realm of adulthood, having a consensus focus on the youth. It's so important. It's so importante. No mucho importante Podcastio, mucho importante, children. Oh, I don't speak Spanish. Um, <laughs> my ancestors are like fucking rolling around doing three sixties in a grave right now. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? I'm, I'm being very serious. Children are so massively important. I critique America. I critique the globe. 
Uh, I make jokes, but there's a lot of truth in what I'm saying. And it comes from a place of love. It does not come from a place of wanting to destroy. It does not come from a place of wanting to break down. It comes from a real honest analyzation through the lens of consciousness, but also applying thought from my heart that things don't have to be the way that they are. And a lot of the suffering from a person to person on the ground level interaction comes from unknowns, people's own self-consciousness, people's adherence to their political view, this binary frame of mind where people are ready to murder and kill somebody just because they disagree with them. Nobody can have conversation or debate and, and, and not leave hating, you know, on the ground level and on the higher levels. It's just macrocosms of that. And I feel like what I've said previously, all of the issues that we run into with people being brainwashed by the internet or wasting their fucking lives or the, the ramping up of lack of production of humanity and the atrophying of creativity. And it seems like the consensus of human beings were just creating technology and inventions around removing the need for us to be what we naturally are, to think. It's just what it feels like is happening. And I, I, my big assessment of that, my big understanding of why, you know, why that problem is occurring, I always think it's values. We value the wrong things. And I truly, more than anything, my greatest critique of humanity is our focus on things that are not conducive to a positive future. It's silly. It is silly. If you are a capitalist, if you are rich, if you want to hoard, if you want to keep power to yourself, there has to be a logical assessment that if you burn the world around you, eventually that fire will reach you. It's just the reality. And if not you, your children and their children. And what are we doing? We are focusing so much on profit. We're focusing, which is great. I love it. We're focusing so much on centralizing power. Cool. I'm not here to fucking stop that. We're focusing so much on building and creating an empire, world power. Great. I get that. But it feels like there's no investment. There's no focus. There's no eye on the children. What's happening with our children? And I, I bring it down to America because I can't, I mean, pretty fucking arrogant for a guy like myself to think that I have the answers to save America. But- I'm not going to, you know, take the step toward thinking I could save the fucking globe. I'm just thinking. I'm just fucking thinking. I really do think that this nation would only benefit if we shifted values. And we can do it creatively. Like people always think of things as like either ors. You know, capitalist or business minds. Just this binary like shut off. This is the way that life is. Anybody that wants to do anything that it, you know, appears to be against capitalism, you know, fuck those people. And then vice versa, the people who like to hug trees and make love to plants and whatever the fuck those people are into, you know what I'm saying? They hate people that make money. They're both stupid to a certain extent. You can integrate ways to make money and ways to further society and ways to make us a global power in America, integrate that with sustainability. That has to go hand in hand, and the greatest investment is not going to be in a stock. It's not going to be in some speculative crypto. It's not going to be in real estate. It has to be in the minds of the children of America because 
we got a disease going around this country. It's not COVID fucking 19. It's social media retardation. It is fucking every other day I'm on fucking Instagram and I see somebody with a very important job, like some young lady working in an artificial insemination lab, ready to help two people who probably really want to have a child and, you know, just making an inference that they have the resources financially to be able to go to an artificial insemination, uh, you know, laboratory and get that done. They have, they're, they're, they're able to raise that child and that child is, that child probably needs to come in life. They don't have the biological means to make that child come, but science has met those people should be raising a child because that child is probably going to be raised, right? They have the resources and the education. We want that child, right? And I'm watching that lady that works at the artificial insemination lab and she's doing fucking TikTok dances. It's like, what is going on? What is going on? She's doing fucking, you know what I'm saying? It's like two steps away from blackface. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I don't know what is going on. Um, I just feel like this is just like a general dumbing down of the youth. I see people who are in powerful positions that kind of call this out, like the watering down of academia. Um, you know, everybody gets a golden star mentality in America. And so I guess I'm not fully aware of this. I haven't studied up on it. But I'm, I'm, from what I'm reading up or I'm hearing, little articles here and there, it's like they are kind of reforming education, primary education, um, high school and uh, university to be more inclusive and less competitive. And that's damaging to the you know, actualization of the present, p- potential of great minds, very obviously. To think about about that same concept on a more universal scale, it's like I think about, in particular, like where I grew up, how much untapped potential in cities like New York City, one of the richest cities on the planet, one of the most powerful cities and one of the most influential cities on the globe, and there's still neighborhoods where people are ill-educated. And you compare that to places in like South America where those kids are supremely educated and they got to go through fucking rivers with anacondas in them just to walk to school. Don't fucking believe me. Go on YouTube. Most dangerous way to get to school. It's like some fucking kid in Colombia. He got to swim Olympic laps to go to school. (laughs) It's retarded. And they get a better education. There's more onus. There's more value placed on education In those areas where they have nothing than a city like New York, it fucking blows my brain. It blows my fucking brain. And then you get into like those arguments. People are going to be like, oh, no, it's the people in those communities. People need to raise their children better. All this other. It's like we got to fucking look at it. We got to stop separating and look at it in totality. It's New York. If it's happening in New York, it's not a problem with certain people. It's not a problem with a certain community. It's a problem with New York. And that happens all around this fucking globe. It happens all around this fucking globe. I experienced a great thing growing up, and it was luck. It's just circumstantial. It was luck, and it was something that's extremely effective. I was always a bright student. I was always somebody in school uh, who was hungry to learn, who's very curious, who was doing his work. And because of issues that were happening that emotionally damaged me in the household growing up, I lost an interest from school and I started to cut school probably like eighth grade. And when I was in high school, 
very lucky enough to have people in this great high school that I went to recognize that I had potential, that there was potential there and they need, there was something needed to bridge the gap because of maybe some societal or household issue that was going on. And a great bank, Capital One Bank, actually, they put their money where their mouth was. Somebody created the initiative to go and start student branches. And this is something that changed my life. It changed my life. They started building uh, branches, bank branches in high schools and you know, underserviced areas in New York City and different boroughs and allowing children to intern as like bank tellers, relationship bankers when we were in high school. And it's opportunity, it's investment into the future of the community. It's tapping into the potential. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not a goddamn billionaire, but I'm not in the hood selling drugs. I'm not a fucking millionaire business tycoon. I've not yet created the route for me to give back directly to my community. It will happen one day. The, you understand that, but that's the ideal. It's like somebody with a vision who understands like if we can get a kid who has the potential and put them on the right path with an investment into a certain community, then that kid can grow and mature and find whatever they're going to do in this world. And eventually they'll pay that back to the community. And that's how it helps. Right? Versus if you leave all these children because of whatever political ideology or racist notion or just, you know what I'm saying? Whatever prejudgments are going on in a city like New York, you just leave people in the hood to their own fucking devices. There's no investment. There's no help. There's no actual change in the situation that's just perpetuating negativity. And then a city like New York wonders why there's so much fucking crime. They wonder why, if it's one of the richest cities on the globe, why people are losing their fucking mind. Why people are losing their fuck? How does that even, how does that happen? I, I really implore anybody who's listening to this and they're curious about this, go watch on YouTube. Uh, hardest ways to go to school. I saw that shit and I, it rewrote my past. <laughs> I had it rough, ladies and gentlemen. I did have it rough. It was fucked up. It was violent. But it, I didn't have to go, you know, traverse through a jungle just to go to school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And eat three square meals of white rice and black beans a day. It, it's wild what these fucking kids have to go through. And they have no shot of even applying any of that education that they take very seriously to anything. Because they're in like fucking rural Columbia or something like that. Those kids are fucked. And we're talking about a place like New York City and certain areas. It just doesn't make sense from a macro perspective. Somebody who has influence and power should look at this and say this. It's untapped potential. It is untapped potential. It's this kind of mindset of division where people don't understand New York, great city. You know, I'm using an example because it's what I know. It happens everywhere. But New York, great city. All the population in New York, whether you like it or not, that's one body. That's one entity. That is one entity. You could ignore that, you know, the elbow, which is Harlem or the knee, which is Brooklyn in these underserved areas that may be violent or may not produce something that's beneficial to the city, you can just ignore that those areas are cancerous, but eventually it'll eat the fucking rest of the body. Or you could look at those areas and say, this is a problem. We could fix this. Not 
it's not a policing thing. It's not any of those things. It's very fucking simple. You get to children when they're children. If their parents are not raising them right, why is there no investment in psychological help in these areas? Why is there no investment in reforming education or uh, traveling these children in the richest city on the fucking globe? One of them, you know what I'm saying? It's not Dubai, but you understand what I'm saying? There's so much money in New York. It's just an issue with values. It's an old way of thinking, which I appreciate people that think you got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, but those people also have to really reassess their own lives. I've, I've realized that kind of rhetoric always comes from people who had more opportunity than they think they had. You know, they're self-made and then there's overcoming the ills of the worst neighborhoods in America. Those are two fucking different things. To start off poor in this country and to make millions of dollars is extremely difficult and it's a feat. It's incredible. It's something to be analyzed. It's something to be studied. That is completely different than growing up in areas that feel like they're designed to be ignorant, that are designed to keep people in a place where there's no fucking prosperity. There's no chance psychologically of help. And for whatever reason, we could concentrate on the past. It's racism, systemic racism. I don't, I don't like to meditate on those things. I just think about going forward. It doesn't make sense that we continue to use those old tactics and then think everything's going to be fucking fine and dandy. It's not. It's sad. It's always sad to me looking at a city like New York. And I, I do it every fucking other day. I go New York City News and it's horrific shit that's happening. It is horrific shit that's happening. To be very fucking honest, if we really thought about it, nobody's starving in New York. Homeless people are fat. I'm not saying it's not, it's not hard. I'm not saying it's not you know, a struggle. I'm not saying that there's a lot of, not a lot of stress or pressure. What I'm saying is there's a lot of unnecessary suffering that is going on because the values of you know, the way that that city runs are fucked up. And they're also illogical. It's not a moral stance I'm taking. I'm just talking about if you want that city to be nice and clean and attractive and powerful as it should be, it's fucking New York. Then you have to invest into children of all areas. And it has to be different. It's not like, oh, we gave them an art program or we you got to really look at what the fucking issues are. I, you know, I'm very keen on them because I experience them. I understand what it's like when you are. Not everybody was a great student. Not everybody was smart. Not everybody was excelling in academia like myself. But even me, somebody who was, you know, valedictorian when I was younger, starts to drop out of school because of some type of emotional turmoil that's going on in my family. It's kind of a universal quality in that neighborhood. That is something that needs to be inspected and that needs to be fixed. It's more of a psychological thing rather than throwing money at programs, throwing money at new types of experimental education. It's like, I still don't understand, even from a, from a national perspective, we have all this, people are thinking about resolving mass shootings where children are going to schools. Like, what the fuck is really going on? Children are going to schools and spraying up other kids. And the argument is take away all the guns or, uh, you know what I'm saying? Don't take away the guns. That's the argument that adults are having. Not what is happening in the minds of children? How can we fix that? Why do not all schools in America have therapists? 
Why is that not a, a designated class? We put onus on math. Chat GBT is going to fuck every, every English and math major. It doesn't matter anymore. Why are we not helping children to understand psychology so that they can deal with whatever the fuck is going on in this nation that is producing these mindsets? Whether it be somebody in the hood who's acting out anger and violence and murder and it leads to a life of crime because of some self-perceived inability to do anything else. Or some kid in fucking Texas who lives, you know, is an incel and is on the internet being negative all fucking day and has access to a semi-automatic and just goes to school and starts praying. Why are there not therapists? And why is that not rolled out? Why are we not investing nationwide in healing the brains of our children? All we're focused on is, you know, adults do this. The adults, these are adults, corporation, people who run corporations. What's the new app? How can I get them more in this application? How can I sell porn to kids? You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's the fucking value. We can make money. We can make money in a billion fucking ways. Nobody cares about the thing that is really going to make or break our fucking society. Not to be corny, not to be cliche, but it's the fucking truth. If you don't produce children that are apt to keep this society running, it's just going to fucking run into the ground. That's just the reality of it. That is just the fucking reality of it. I do have dreams in my lifetime. You know, my intentions, to be very fucking honest, are extremely selfish. No, um, I do have a lot of selfish intentions. I think everybody should have selfish intentions. I didn't have the best childhood. I want to reconcile that with success. And a big part of that is going to be material success. You know, the the more valuable part is the transformation of self, is the unlearning the things that are wrong in my past, the unbiased analyzation of this may be prevailing in my culture, but it's bad. It's not good. It's not good for me. It's not good for other people. Letting those things go, maturing as a man and evolving. I love the evolution of, of a human being. I love the evolution. I love when people come from nothing and then they grow into having character. That's a beautiful fucking thing. And everybody's capable of it. Right? The issue isn't potential. It's actualizing the potential. It is. And, and this goes into my intentions. Like the reasons I want to be. Or I've ever wanted to be successful. This is just 100% genuine. It's 100 fucking percent genuine. When I was a child. I recognized very early. That my environment was fucked up. And it wasn't drugs that gave me the fucking red flag. It wasn't the violence. It wasn't the way that we were being policed. It wasn't the poor conditions that we were living. It wasn't that, you know, as I understand now, East Harlem in particular is one of the most condensed areas as it pertains to New York City public housing. It just doesn't make sense that there's a neighborhood in super wealthy Manhattan on the island of Manhattan that is so densely populated with project buildings that are underserviced, that just breed a certain mentality and hunger and separation psychologically from the rest of the population. I identified outside of all those other factors, the, the physical reality around me, that there was something wrong in my community. And I recognized if I could, and I've never had doubts of it, I just, I couldn't always see clearly how it was going to come to be. I just knew if I could get out of that area and be successful, 
Not in I'm a billionaire. Not in I got a gold fucking chain or look at all my bitches. I'm talking about learn what other people in other neighborhoods or other parts of the world are taught when they're children. Ways of being that lead them to having healthy lifestyles. If I could change myself and transform myself into a different human being than what was represented around me, that example would be powerful. But even more so than that, the intention was then I could go back and help. And it's not just education. I feel like that is the way that things have been done for so long. It's always like people living and dying by a child's ability to ingest the information. You go to the hood and they have these people that speak and you know, I had that a billion times when I was growing up. That shit don't really fucking help. You have a guest speaker that says, yo, I made it so you can make it. That doesn't, that wasn't my mindset. That wasn't my mindset. I hope, you know, the success that I achieve in my life gives me an outlet to implement what I know actually changes the route for young people. I do believe in the intervention point. I think when young men in particular, who are the people who suffer most from these psychological ills in the hood, Women take a lot of the abuses, but a lot of the confusion falls on the mind of these young men. And it happens when you're 11, 12, 13 years old. I grew up in the hood with, you know what I'm saying? Everybody I grew up with now, it appears like all these people like gangsters and the lifers and people with fat babies. And you know what I'm saying? People are very dangerous and and have lived dangerous lives. I grew up with all these people, but I grew up with them. I can remember when they was all nerdy children like myself. I can I can see that transformation. And so I know that there's a point of intervention where this, this, this these mentalities don't have to continue prevailing, regardless of what was happening inside the households. Because we also can't do that. We can't continue saying we're going to put money in an, a program or we're going to tell the kids the right way and expect that to make change. We also can't just keep on blaming parents because it's a cyclical nature. It is generation after generation of problems happening. I really do think if there was financial opportunity and education on finance as a prerequisite before any other motherfucking thing, in school, that that was the, the highest value and a way for people to understand their own psyches. You have therapy in school. You have a class that is designated for to educate children, even on the most rudimentary levels, about why they react the way that they react at a young... That would change the fucking outcome of all these horrible things that we see on the news. It's just the reality of it. It's just the reality of it. We think on such a surface level in society. We got to create more jobs. We got to blame the powers that be. We got to blame the people in these communities. We have to over-police. We have to under-police. These are all dealing with symptoms. Nobody gets at the root of what is creating the perpetual problems. And then the real question then occurs. It's like, what is the point then? Because a lot of people are so jaded and hurt by the system which I have matured to a point where I don't always look at it as evil. I look at it as ineffective or misguided. And there was a lot of racism that was involved with a lot of things that I went through and a lot of things that people went through. But I don't always look at it directly as evil. I really do think a lot of times people think they're doing the right fucking thing and they could be wrong as motherfucker. <laughs> they could be wrong as fucking hell. But like inspecting it from that lens, it's like 
I don't think people who are in a position to make change for certain communities, I don't think they want the way that things are to continue happening the way that they are. The prison industrial complex is a real motherfucking thing, but it's old. It's fucking old. We're going into an era where artificial intelligence and machines are going to be replacing all of that shit. So what are we doing as a, as, a, as a race of people? What are we doing as a race of people? I'm not talking about, you know, it, it comes into that next argument too. People get like itchy. Rich people get itchy because like, well, we want the money. It's not a money thing. It's not a fucking money thing. There's places where poor people are educated and that's not happening in America. There's places where poor people live well and that's not happening in America. That's fucking weird. That's fucking craziness. And if nobody can see the writing on the wall that if we continue going down that path where we think we can just continue centralizing power with certain communities, certain areas, certain industries and letting everybody just fucking rot, that that's going to be sustainable for society. It's so just not real. It's, it's so impossible. It's so impossible. Everything's shifting as we speak. Technology is causing everything to fucking shift. It's causing everything to fucking shift. I always thought about that too. Like the, it really is a mentality thing. Like if there was therapy or some type of psychological education in the hood or certain areas in certain communities, how could that, that could alleviate a lot of the issues that are going on on a day-to-day basis. You go on the news and you see all these horrible things happening. You see all these ills in certain communities because the perspective nationwide is like the hood is just full of horrible fucking shit. And that's not the reality. You see this growing up. You see people who live right next door to you and they live well. In the projects, they live well. And then you see other people who live next to you or the way that you're living and it's not, it's just something completely different that's going on. You know what I mean? It's not a money thing. It's not a money thing. It isn't a money thing, man. It's not... We got to just throw money at the problem. There needs to be different values implemented in, in certain communities. The education has to be reformed where it's not just this fucking rat race of the smartest, the cream rises to the top and fuck everybody else. We got to really think about the entirety of civilization. Like not everybody is going to be rich. Not everybody is going to be the most productive, but we could aim for an America where regardless of class, that people are generally educated well. We could aim for an America where regardless of the neighborhood that you live in, people are, you know what I'm saying, mature and they live better. I'm pretty sure we could fucking aim for that. And I'm sure that we're not. You know what I mean? I'm sure that we could fucking aim for that. There are people in third world countries that live better in their family situations than people on the island of Manhattan. And that's not a racial thing. It's not an ethnic thing. It is, it's a mentality. It is a mentality. And everybody could keep on passing the puck or we could just fucking understand, especially, you know, using New York as an example, that you could blame it on people. You could blame it. Oh, the parents is doing it wrong. It's the community. It's that race. We could keep on playing that fucking game or you could look at it and be like, yo, everybody's participating in this. The powers, the people on the ground level, it's all one body and the shit needs to be healed. It's crazy to me in 2023 that there's fucking NYCHA public housing, underserviced, rats, 
gangs in Manhattan in 2023. When is this shit supposed to stop? When is it supposed to stop? When is it supposed to get better? They're just going to keep on building condos in the hood and that's supposed to like eventually... It doesn't even make sense, man. It doesn't even... <laughs> it does not fucking make sense. It does not make sense. It's not a money thing. It's a mentality thing. And money is necessary to invest to give people vision where there is no vision. That I think that's the greatest problem in the hood is that people don't see anything else. And if they were given the opportunity to see something else, not even necessarily flying them out to this place and that place, it doesn't have to be throwing money at the problem. Once again, if you had people who were licensed therapists or uh, child therapists or a class uh, where, where you know the teacher was helping these students understand their own brains, they could see a different fucking world, even in the environment that they're in. It's just the truth of it. Or we could continue, you know, just going solely after profit first, fuck the kids, and then when we're, you know, the next generation of old people complain, oh, these kids are fucking crazy. It's like, society at large produced that. That's what what happened. We did it. We caused it. I, I like to think everybody would agree with that. I think, you know, this, this kind of old perception, like I know everybody's so scared. Everybody has like a false perception because they're not in the room with everybody. So like a billionaire can, they can think, think, think they know somebody that's on the ground level as much as they think that they know them, but they don't. Same way somebody on the ground level could just like speculate the shit out of a billionaire and be like, this guy's evil. This lady's evil. I know they're doing fucking evil shit. That's not the full picture. It's not the full picture. Everybody loves somebody. (laughs) Everybody wants good things to happen. It's just based off of opinion. It's based off of what they want good to happen. I think universally, everybody could agree that we don't like stupidity. We don't like crime happening, crime being rampant. I think everybody fucking agrees about that shit. Regardless of class, regardless of how much money or political ideology, nobody wants to deal with that shit. It's just a headache for no fucking reason. It just causes fear and apprehension. That's not a free society where, you know, rich people can't fucking walk down streets in Manhattan. They're going to get the shit beat out of them by homeless people. This is a problem for everybody. It's a problem for fucking everybody. And I just get curious, man. I I don't know what's going to be the tipping point. I don't know when people are going to just wake up in mass and put their bias to the side and really just look at this and say, yo, this is not, I'm not helping people to like give a handout. It's not charity. It's really just changing the dynamics of things because it would probably be more favorable for everybody if people weren't shooting bodega workers, if people weren't getting stabbed on the subway. You know what I'm saying? That 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 hurts everybody. <laughs> it hurts fucking everybody. I, w- I wonder how it works. You know, New York City traffic is crazy. I can't imagine the billionaires that live in New York are taking the subway. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine. They must have some big old brass balls. Security that's like nobody, nobody, you know, CIA security, nobody even knows is around them. I can't imagine. And that shit used to be real. There used to be like influential, rich people taking the subway. That's what Manhattan was. That's what New York City used to be. You can't do that shit anymore. You can't be upper middle class and take the subway in New York. <laughs> smell that shit. This shit is crazy. 
Once again, I use New York as like an example of it, but you see it everywhere in our society now. You see it all these fucking mass shootings. You can keep on blaming social media. People are incels. It's online bullying. It's guns. It's this. It's that. I really do think it's the values that we have. It's the fact that when the kids go to school, they're taught math and science and English, which is not even like a great way that they're taught it. It's not interesting. It doesn't really stick into the brains of many children. It's like this robotic thing. And they're not taught anything about their minds or their feelings or their psychology. There's no outlet for them to work this shit up beside going on the internet and acting like fucking crazy people. You know what I'm saying? And then one kid can't fucking take it. He goes to his, his, you know what I'm saying? His uncle's cabinet takes out the shotgun and shit goes crazy. It keeps on fucking happening. It's not going to be solved, you know? And it, I, I do find that interesting as well for people that do like that concept of like take away all the guns to solve the problem. I don't even get into that debate. I don't fucking get into that debate. I don't want to hear about statistics. I just don't care to argue that. But I, I think about that. It's like mass shootings, a child going and committing the action of killing a whole bunch of students, right? If there was no guns, that wouldn't happen. But you're also acknowledging that you don't care to heal that mentality. You don't, maybe that kid does not go and do that atrocity and take away all those lives. Horrible, horrible, horrible. But that person would still exist in society. And there's going to be a lot of people that exist in society without a gun. They might clean up their fucking act and mature and get into corporate America. Or they might become a cop. But that's a crazy son of a fucking bitch that needs help. And eventually they're going to do some fucking horrible shit. It's not like that, you know what I'm saying? Erasing that event is going to eradicate that mentality. I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. Just my motherfucking opinion, ladies and gentlemen. You have to also take something else into consideration. This is the Nothing Important Podcast. I created this, so I talk my shit. If you don't like it, it's okay. If you want to debate it, sure. If you disagree and it makes you hate me and makes you angry and you say, who the fuck did this guy? Also realize you have the power of will. You might not even believe in God, but... You don't need to believe in God to understand that you don't have to listen. You don't. I remember when I was younger, we're talking about pervasive mentalities in my community that were negative and I had to unlearn. When I was a younger man, just because of the influence of the environment, there was a lot of escapism. I'm not judging people who escaped. People used drugs. They used alcohol. They used uh, certain activities to escape from reality because they had low mental ceilings. They didn't realize there's such a bubble mentality that if I live in Brooklyn, if I live in Bronx, if I live in Manhattan, in Harlem, if I live in Queens and I'm in the hood, I could just move to Jersey. I could just move to Florida. I could just break the fuck out. People didn't have that vision to be able to do that shit. So they stood in the negativity and they escaped mentally instead of physically. And so they take substances. And so I saw that shit in my community so much that when I was experimenting with alcohol and experimenting with smoking weed in my early 20s getting crazy, I had convinced myself based off the example in my community that I was an alcoholic. And it took time for me to mature to the fact of realizing these substances are addictive. They are substances you can use to escape. You do have to learn responsibility, but I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just playing out what I saw. I'm making myself believe I'm an alcoholic. And I came to an epiphany. 
I am choosing with my hands to go and pick up a bottle and pour that bottle into a glass and then pick up that glass and put it to my mouth and drink. There's a lot of decision before I ingest this thing that I'm giving the power of fucking Christ to saying that it's controlling me. It's the devil. And I woke up and I realized I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just not. I'm not in control of myself. I'm not in control of myself. So for anybody who has opinions that differ, I welcome that always. Anybody who does not agree with what I'm saying, sh- great. But you also have the choice to not do the nine things that are prerequisites to listen to this podcast. You don't have to pick up the phone. You don't got to go look for me. You don't got to click. You don't got to go. Nothing important. And then find what you're offended about. Or find what you don't like. And then, you understand what I'm saying? Use your will. And for anybody who does agree with me, great. Who anybody just, just inspires any fucking thought, I think that's important as well. Conversations are incredibly important. I welcome it motherfucking all. I welcome it all. And today I would ask that anybody listen to this episode, sincerely think about it. Um, it's just like a think tank without an actual physical meaning meeting. What kind of future are we headed toward? Do we care that children are losing their fucking minds? And even people who are selfish and want to see a world where they are doing well and they don't give a fuck about anybody else, logically, you do realize that world can't exist where you're in paradise if everything is burning around you because eventually that fire will just continue growing and start to touch you. You realize that. You realize that. It's not a money thing. It's a mentality thing. It's an education thing. Pretty motherfucking simple. In my brain, I wonder about your brain. Let's talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you continue listening to Nothing Important Podcast, I want to thank you sincerely. Continue listening. Do me un favor. I spoke a lot of Spanish today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying. I'm trying. Spick Nation, stand up, baby. Go on to my Instagram, yo. Like the postitos and the, the reels with the little Spanish accent mark. And <laughs> until mañana. <laughs>